So the most important thing is to be interested in the truth of reality, but not by thinking about it or reading about it, but experiencing it. Welcome to The One You Feed. Throughout time, great thinkers have recognized the importance of the thoughts we have. Quotes like, garbage in, garbage out, or you are what you think, ring true. And yet, for many of us, our thoughts don't strengthen or empower us. We tend toward negativity, self-pity, jealousy, or fear. We see what we don't have instead of what we do. We think things that hold us back and dampen our spirit. But it's not just about thinking. Our actions matter. It takes conscious, consistent, and creative effort to make a life worth living. This podcast is about how other people keep themselves moving in the right direction, how they feed their good wolf. First Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Thanks for joining us. Our guest on this episode is A.H. Almas, which is the pen name of A. Hamid Ali, creator of the Diamond Approach to Self-Realization. The Diamond Approach is a contemporary teaching that developed within the context of both ancient spiritual teachings and modern depth psychology theories. Almas has authored 17 books about spiritual realization, including Diamond Heart Series, The Pearl Beyond Price, The Void, The Unfolding Now, and The Point of Existence. His latest book is Runaway Realization, Living a Life of Ceaseless Discovery. Here's the interview. Hi, Amid. Welcome to the show. Hi, Eric. I'm excited to get you on. You are uh, one of the founders of something known as the Diamond Approach that I've heard a lot of wonderful things about. And as I got into reading a variety of your work, I became very interested in a lot of the things that you're saying. So we're going to explore the Diamond Approach in some of your later books also. But let's start like we always do with the parable. There's a grandmother who's talking with her granddaughter and she says in life there are two wolves inside of us that are always at battle one is a good wolf which represents things like kindness and bravery and love and the other is a bad wolf which represents things like greed and hatred and fear and the granddaughter thinks about it for a second and she looks up at her grandmother and she says well grandma which one wins and the grandmother says the one you feed So I'd like to start off by asking you what that parable means to you in your life and in the work that you do. Yeah, so that's a nice parable, and I'd like to address it from two levels, actually. The first level is the feeding. The one who wins is the one you feed. It is a principle, actually, of consciousness. Just like there are laws of nature, in physics and biology, whatever, conscious mind has its own laws and principles. And one of the, those laws and principles is the fact is whatever you pay attention to tends to grow, to become more there, and tend to develop. If you ignore it, don't pay attention to it, 
it tend to not grow, to stay stunted in its growth. And now we come to the second level, which is what are the two wolves in a human being? The way I look at it is that the human being has a consciousness, which some people call a soul or spirit or whatever, or mind. But it is like we have an individual consciousness that expresses and who we are that holds our experience and through which we know ourselves and respond to our environment. This consciousness has many properties and has many faculties and capacities and has many layers in it and many parts. It is, first of all, the mainspring of life. It is the life force. It functions as the life force in our physical life. And the life force has two parts to it, you can say. Two parts that I refer to as the angelic part and the animal part. The angelic part is what most teaching think of as spirit or spiritual, like love, humility, compassion, tenderness, openness, truth, sincerity, awareness, emptiness, expansion, awakening. All of that has to do with what I call the angelic side or part of, of the depth of, of our consciousness. Okay. The other part that we are all born with, all human beings are born with, is what I call the animal side. The animal side is like an animal invested in surviving. Surviving, getting its need met. You're one of the founders of the Diamond Approach. And at one point, you say something to the effect that the goal of the Diamond Approach is the full development and realization of being, and that being is with a capital B, expressing itself in and through an individual human life. Can you help us understand what this being is and what that full fruition looks like? Well, being, I mean the spiritual nature. Our spiritual nature is our being, which means what is our true existence, what we are fundamentally at the depth. When we know ourselves, when we go into our subjectivity and find out who it is, what we are, we recognize that what we are is not separate from the fact that we are. That we are, our being, is what we are. Our being and our identity become the same thing. And that's what I call self-realization, or learning our, about our being. So here, spirit is recognized as the being of our consciousness, uh, the true existence. Uh, it's what makes us be. So it's not just a beautiful, nice thing to have. It is fundamental. It is what we are. Yeah, it is what we are at the most fundamental level. And it's said that the, the primary method of the diamond approach is exploring and understanding immediate experience. What do you mean by that? Meaning that the method of the diamond approach is not a matter of doing a prayer or a chant or a, a concentration on an object or trying to get to a certain state. It means we take our experience as it is now, meaning what we feel, what we sense in our body, our mind, the context of our situation. So when I say it, uh, inquiry into experience, 
Our experience includes the totality of what we are aware of and our perception and, and our inner experience, all of it. So it's, it's inquiring it to find out, first of all, what it is, because we're not always aware of everything that's happening in us or within us. So we become aware of it. And the next thing after becoming aware of it is to find out what is it? What's it about? How come it is that way? Which means to understand it. So immediate experience means what is really happening now. It's not thinking about it. It's feeling it. It is sensing it and being curious about it. What is the approach towards towards inquiry? Is that usually done? Um, is there a series of questions that are asked? Or help me understand a little bit more about how how you steer yourself through that in a in a f- type of inquiry that is useful versus possibly just uh, ruminating on certain things. Yeah, like in our class, we could do it in a formal way when a person is asked questions, but they're not asked. Sometimes you ask some specific question if we're teaching something in particular, like if we're teaching about love, we ask questions like, what stops you from feeling love? What way have you experience love? So for me, it is an organic thing. It's, it's always I'm, I'm having experience. I'm always curious about what it is, what's it about. And as I'm curious about it, it opens up, it unfolds and reveals more meaning, more shades of meaning, which reveal deeper dimensions of experience. One of the things you say that is in order to contact the deeper truth of who we are, and I think this is getting back to that inquiry, we must engage in some activity or practice that questions what we assume to be true about ourselves. If somebody, for instance, feels, I don't like this person, you feel just that's it. I don't like this person. That's the truth. Well, the fact is more than that. When you explore, how come you don't like this person? you might find out that this person reminds you of something in the past that hurt you, for instance, and you, you unearth a hurt that you didn't know about. And then what might be a whole complex, like a trauma or something like that. By us taking our experience at face value is shortchanging ourselves because our experience is, expresses really always the totality of our being but we don't see it all. We only see the surface manifestation of it. And is that the goal of working with groups and teachers is to help you lead you through that inquiry in a, in a way that's different than what you obviously know how to do? Because it's very difficult, my experience is, to see the assumptions we're making about ourselves. They're, they're embedded. Yeah, so in our work, in our groups, we teach meditation of different kind, different kind of practices to develop capacities, being able to feel yourself. Many people can't feel their emotions. You know, or when they feel their emotion, they act them out right away. So a person needs the skill of feeling their emotion without acting them out. Some people don't feel their body. They don't sense their legs or their belly or their or some part of them, and and they need to learn to, we have methods of how people can learn the, uh, to feel their body, the totality of their body, so the whole body become alive and sensitive.
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I get hung up a lot on, you know, studied a lot of different philosophies and and it's it's often said that this this sense of a separate self is a delusion. And and what you say is that it's not our separate self is not a delusion, but it's one of the ways that reality appears. Our problem comes when we think it's the only way. Yeah, so you're getting that from my last book, Runaway Realization, when I go further than the usual traditional teaching, which is that the self is a delusion and the dualistic point of view is not real. We are all unity, one being, and all that. All that's true, but, you know, there are further stages that we have in our teaching. We will recognize that the way of experiencing, the ordinary way of experiencing things, where we are separate and and have an ego and we have our needs and we treat everybody as another object that is just simply one way that reality manifests itself i mean 99.9% of the human race are living that world that way right so when, when people say it's all delusion it seems a little bit you know too much too much of presumption yes. because there must be a reason why it, everybody is experiencing that way. And w- so what I learned is that there are many ways of experiencing reality. One of them is the ordinary way of ego. So ego is just one way that true being manifests itself. Another way, it manifests itself as light and love and all that. And there are other ways also of, of true nature or, or being, true being manifesting itself. So that way we take the ego, not as a delusion, but as one way of experiencing reality. Another way of looking at it, 
is that it is uh, it, it is a way of experiencing ourselves that got arrested in its development because it's a certain stage of development everybody goes through regardless how lighted they become they have to go through the stage of being an ego so it's a stage but many people get arrested at that stage and you can work on, on it so that to go to the next stage instead of, of rejecting it as an error as a mistake it sounds like when we say that that ordinary viewpoint, that that idea of a separate self is a complete delusion, it's it's hard to that's a hard place to start from um, because it's so it seems so real, whereas it's a lot easier to accept. OK, that's one way to see the world. And that's the way that by default I'm seeing the world. But there are lots of other ways to do it. And it, that just seems to be an easier stepping off place for me. Yeah, and I think it's better to take it not as a delusion, but as just a way of experiencing it and not to get hung up on it. That's all. Yeah. This is again about, you know, who do you feed? If you feed that way of experiencing things, that's what becomes your reality. If you are open to other ways of experiencing things, the spiritual ways, and paying more attention to them, that way can begin to grow. And we have the option now to experience other ways of being. What is essence? You talk about essence, and again, this is with a capital E, that our essence is what is really important. So what, what is that? I used the word essence the, you know, some years ago more than I use it now. But basically, what I meant by essence is the essence of our consciousness, the essence of our soul, the essence of what we are. And what we discover, that essence is nothing but being. So being and essence are the same thing. Essence means just what is what is your essence? What is your essential nature? In that way, essence is used. And when you discover what your essence is, you recognize it as a kind of presence, uh, that self-aware presence that has its own inherent awareness and inherent lovingness. So if being is expressing itself through us, and, you know, we, we have these essences. Is my essence different than yours? And I know that you're probably going to answer that on multiple different levels. Well, essence is, is, is basically saying that each, each of us individually, we have an essence. And our essence turns out to be the spiritual nature. So our essence turns out to be the true being or the true spirit which is the nature and essence of everybody and everything. So we don't have separate essences. It manifests through us in different ways, but it is the same spirit. There's discussion that most of our suffering is due to being alienated from ourselves, that that a lot of the dissatisfaction comes, say, not from what we think it is, like our sickness or our material problems or other things, but from not being ourselves. Well, I mean, that is true to a large extent. You know, Buddhism emphasizes that, that life is suffering. And in some sense, life is suffering in the sense it's, it's, it has lots of suffering in it. I mean, there's physical suffering, killing in places, rape, and all this thing around the world, which is suffering that is not related to the fact that we have we are uh, trapped in our ego. However, at the same time, the being trapped in our ego causes 
if we just hold on to the ego perspective, there is a lot of suffering. Because in the ego perspective, the animal nature is more dominant. And that one tends to be dissatisfied and tends to keep grudges, tends to carry the past with it, to carry the what happened in the past to the present. So there's a reputation of uh, especially negative things. So that is really what is meant by it, that, we, that our identification of, of the world of ego, the world of the self, if we take that to be the only reality, then our life will be full of suffering. And also the suffering that happens around the world, the killing and the plunder and all that, is also because those people, those killers, those uh, terrorists or whatever, violent criminals, they're trapped in the same thing. The same, they do these things because their bad wolf is in control. So, yes, there is suffering, and, and you can trace most of it to the ego identification, but I wouldn't say that somebody has, has cancer or has diabetes, you know, diabetes or has Parkinson's because of the self or the ego, that the body has its own genetics makeup, and there's suffering that happens there too, independent of whether we are you know, spiritually illuminated people or not. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It sounds like the, the diamond approach, you're bringing together some meditative practices, you're bringing together psychological inquiry. Are there other key parts of it? Yeah, I bring in uh, different meditation and inquiry. The inquiry is both psychological and spiritual and philosophical. And also there's a philosophical side, which is asking fundamental philosophical question, but answering them with experience. The philosophies ask all kinds of good questions, but they try to answer them with their mind and this approach, we answer them by experiential inquiry. 
we can call it psychological, but it's not just psychological, because when you experience love, for instance, or when you experience compassion, that is not psychological, that's spiritual. And we inquire into that. When I experience love, for instance, I inquire into it. What is that? It feels like a sweet atmosphere. It feels like it's a sweet nectar. What is that? You see, I'm inquiring into something spiritual, and that's not psychological. It's beyond the psychological. So psychological is part of it, but it's also a spiritual inquiry. So and and we do include meditations uh, that we borrowed from different uh, traditions and meditation that we developed ourselves. We use chanting, we use actual music, concentration, contemplation of music as part of our practices. Is there is there anything that in this very short window of time, like a, a an inquiry, an example of an inquiry question that we could talk about that would give listeners just a taste of what that's like? Well, I think the important thing is for each one of us to realize there's much more to us than we tend to think. There is much more potential to a human being than we tend to know. If we are open to ourself, if we really turn toward our own subjectivity and examine it, inquire it, be interested in it, be vulnerable to it, let it impact, let it come out. Treasures will come out, treasures that we haven't suspected of experiences, not just of love and compassion, but of depth and immensity. So the most important thing is to be interested into in the truth of reality, to find out the truth of reality, but not by thinking about it or reading about it, but experiencing it, find out for oneself. What is the truth of what I am? What is the truth of the world? Excellent. Well, I will make sure to put links on the website to both the school and some of your, your key works that you talk about. And thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, Hamid. I really appreciate it. Yeah, good luck. Have a good time with your program. Okay, thanks so much. Take care. Okay, bye. bye. You can learn more about A.H. Almas and this podcast at oneufeed.net slash almas. That's A-L-M-A-A-S. Thank you.